One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the show where we use the songs from our guest past as the ingredients to a biographical stew. I'm your host, Richard Chinqui. My guest this episode is Sinelli Popowitz. If you ask Sinelli what his job is, he'll probably say he's a jeweler out of Naples, Florida. But if you ask him, what do you do, you'll find out he's a sound guy. A really good one, too. He's worked and lived all over the East Coast and has run sound from small venues to recording studios to mega churches. Rare is the person that can run a soundboard, craft a diamond bracelet, and build a chicken coop. But that's Sinelli. He hangs his hat here in southwest Florida with his wife, three kids, two dogs, and assorted chickens and ducks, and I knew I wanted to have him on as soon as we started making this show. Hey there, Sinelli. Hey. <laughs> so I, I tracked along when, with your pictures while you were building that coop. Oh my so goodness. Really impressive. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for coming in. I'm I'm uh, really excited to do this with you. So am I. So am yeah. I. Um, I think you're one of those people that when we first met, uh, I was I was immediately like, oh, this guy and I are friends, and we just have never hung out before <laughs> yes. this. So um, <laughs> we were always friends. Yeah. I mean, it was it was fast. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. First things first. Jeweler by day, sound guy by night. This is not common um is there like a secret to sound mixing that you can only learn by being a jeweler that i don't know about (laughs) i don't like what's the common thread i I don't know i think it's it's precision um and it's it's probably also stems from my dad he was such a perfectionist Mm. in uh in in making and repairing jewelry um and i'm a very easygoing guy Mm -hmm. Um, but his perfectionism was like the rule of the <laughs> of the shop. So I think I got my knack for really fine-tuning things, uh, working and learning under him um, because that's, that, that's kind of how I mix. You know, I'll, I'll mix, I'll get a general sense of what, what it's supposed to sound like, and then I'll start to define and carve out like, okay, this is supposed to be all vocals, so I'll really work on the vocals. They want a lot of guitar. I'll work on getting a great guitar sound, and that's kind of that's kind it of translates okay. I, I I think that's that that's where it's from. But <laughs> um, so you're speaking of your parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were missionaries. Yes. And were they missionaries your whole life? Like when you were growing up? Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, they when they got married in 1969 on their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they kind of had this moment, a spiritual moment, where they were like, "We feel called to minister to Ukrainian people, mm-hmm. um, wherever that may be." And back, you know, back then, uh, there was the Iron Curtain. You know, the USSR yeah. was was in power, and so you you couldn't go and be a missionary in Ukraine or Russia or or anywhere in the USSR. So, uh, my, but my parents decided to just um, you know travel around the states and travel around Canada. And their medium was Southern gospel music. <laughs> so you, you had Southern gospel music in the house growing up? All the time. That was my upbringing. Because they, play, they played and sang? Yeah. They, so they basically, what they would do is they would take these songs that were written in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And they were very, you know, they were very sad songs because the people were very oppressed there. Um, and uh, there's a specific type of minor timber. 
to their to to the Ukrainians already to the national sound. And on top of the oppression that a lot of the Christians were going through, they wrote songs in that type of style. My parents took a southern gospel twist to it mm. and kind of made like a quartet type of sound. So that's the music I grew up listening to. Um, <laughs> is that the earliest musical memory that you have? Yeah. Um, I mean, probably from the room, from the womb, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you know how they do do the thing where, you know, you're pregnant and you put on headphones. Yeah. Did you guys do that? <laughs> did you and your wife do that? Yeah. Me and my wife definitely did that. What music did you play for your kids? Oh my gosh. I think we, I think I started playing like, uh, like Brahms and Beethoven. Uh, yeah. And then I was like, no, come on, let's, you know, let's put on some, some fun music. So put on some EDM so you get the baby bouncing in there. <laughs> before the show, we were talking, you and I were talking about Daft Punk before the show. Yes. And I have to admit that, yeah, we played, we actually put a lot of Daft Punk against my, my wife's belly. Um, so, so did you take part in that music too? Like were you, did you learn to perform as well? Well, yes and no. Um, you know, I'm always I was always there, mm-hmm. right? So as I grew up, uh, you know, no matter where my parents went, they always took me. Um, so I I remember uh, either sitting on a pew, um, right right in front of my parents while they were singing, sitting next to the piano. I remember knowing all the harmonies i i could tell my mom hey mom this is how this guy would sing or this is how you sing and i would sing the parts exactly because i would hear it so much and so you had an ear for it at really young very young yeah and when i was around five years old i started singing with my parents my my mom saw that i could i could sing Mm -hmm. and so i started singing Uh, my dad started teaching me to play guitar um, I started to dabble on the piano. I taught myself how to play drums. <laughs> um, so music and musical instruments were just, they were always a part of my life. Always. Do you, do you still play for fun? Yeah. Those things? Yeah. I, you know, I was kind of dumb in my teen years. I, I didn't pursue piano like I should have. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can play a little bit of keyboards. I can, I can play the drums. I can, I know like four chords on the guitar and I'll make it seem like I know more. (laughs) Okay. And, um, do you remember any of those Eastern European hymns? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, they're, they're like, they're in my brain. Do you think you could... (laughs) Do, do I think I could what? Sing, a, sing a little bit of one of them? Oh my goodness! I don't. I I don't know. I like accurately probably not. Do you think uh, maybe straight to the chorus of one, like a melody? <laughs> you're gonna, not. You're not can, gonna let this go. <laughs> if if I can get it, if I can get it from you. Oh man, um, um, there was a there was one song. Uh, I I may screw up the words, but you're not gonna understand. I won't know. <laughs> but it would go something like this. Molu tebe, yav tisheni, pochuimene teper yatvi, zrichom izlom, poyusia ya, iznemohla, dusha moya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of ma- minor, major, minor, major. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I, it is that beautiful. created a. I have no idea what you sang, and the yearning—it's real, right? Yes, yeah. and, and I mean, I sing it fast and sure. sloppy, but it, it was a very slow song. Um, yeah. 
was that the same music in the house or was, did your parents also have like music that they liked to listen to? Yeah, it was pretty much the same. You know, a lot of the a lot of the songs that we would sing, you know, they were of course like like I said southern gospel. Mm-hmm. They would listen to all the newest latest southern gospel greats. Um and so it was always in the house. Uh, you know, there was some uh, we listened to a lot of family life radio. Mm-hmm. Um and whatever was playing, you know, back in the 80s. Uh, so that was just – that was all I ever, ever heard. It was, so it was perpetual. And then as, as you got older, mm-hmm. you started to discover your own music? Yes. Um, also being in a – you know, being a missionary kid, I was very sheltered. Mm-hmm. And so I was taught that the music of the world was just evil and corrupt I had I listened to tapes about backmasking and subliminal right. messages, right. so I was I was actually afraid uh, of rock music. I remember going into the record store um, and seeing like covers of uh, of Twisted Sister yeah. and and just like just this is so demonic yeah. and horror. I mean, it's just horrific. And it and had so, confirmed all the things oh, you yeah. had been. Told. But that leads into my first song. Okay, was, so what? So what's your first song? So my first song is "Living on a Prayer" by John Bon Jovi. All right. <laughs> I, I want to go straight to it. Okay. Let's hear it, and then I want to talk about that. All right. So this is uh, Bon Jovi's "Living on a Prayer." Yeah. That's a great song. <laughs> it is a great song. <laughs> um, all right. So here, here you are. Um, you know, how old about would you say? I think I was about. Uh, seven or eight years old. Okay, and generally scared of secular music. Mm-hmm. Um, Very evil. What could <laughs> you know potentially affect you, change you spiritually? Mm-hmm. And how do you how do you come upon this song? All right, so we were we were staying at my uncle's house uh, in New Jersey, and um, uh, my cousins, um, Jen, it was it was Jen Lusick and Sam. They called me into their room and they were like, listen to this song. And I listened and I was like, I, I remember thinking like, well, this is a rock song. This is, this is bad. But, but he's, but he's t- singing about like praying and struggling and man, this sounds good. <laughs> yeah. This is really good. There's a lot more going on. Than Wait a even, second. Yeah. My whole world view, like I, I, I can even pinpoint to that moment, like that that moment where you start to realize like, oh, parents don't know everything, you know? Yeah. That's <laughs> Not early everything. to figure that out. <laughs> I, I, I really have to say because, because after that, I started sneaking, like listening to the radio on headphones whenever I got a chance because I, I had to hear more. Yeah. You know, that's how I, that's how I started listening uh, to to different like rock stations. I remember listening to the Bangles, <laughs> walking like an Egyptian. <laughs> like, I'm sure your parents were terrified you would hear. Oh, they walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> they knew. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they they ever found out. But but I just remember that moment. Like it was it was definitive when I was making this list. Like I was like, yeah, it. it this was the song that really kind of opened up my you know, my mind to, to thinking differently. Um, you know, there's a whole world of music out there. I was still sheltered. I, I didn't get to listen to a lot of stuff, but you know, did, did you, did you at that age have an inkling that you might 
want to be want to do something with music for for a career or was it it was no, too no. early for that yeah, it was too early right <laughs> so uh i have to say that there are certain songs that i think are like cheating songs when you're going to do karaoke <laughs> because you never really have to sing them by yourself yeah um, tnt by mm-hmm. acdc mm-hmm. uh don't stop believing by journey you know um I think living on prayer is one of those, oh, yeah. right? As long as there's people in the bar, they'll help. So yeah. you're never really that oh, embarrassed. Yeah. Um, do, do you ever do karaoke? You know, I've never done karaoke. Uh, so, Isn't that sad? <laughs> you might, well, maybe we'll go out and do karaoke. I think we need to do karaoke. Um, so uh, but what about by yourself then? Like when, you know, in the car? Oh, yeah. Home, absolutely. Out? I mean, you've got a great voice. Oh, absolutely. I harmonize like nobody. What's your go-to song? <laughs> My go-to song? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, because because I'm I'm so involved in, in, in church worship mm-hmm. and stuff, it's mostly it's mostly a lot of worship songs that we're going to be playing or, or, or singing that that weekend. Um, uh, and I, I, I do listen to a lot of worship during my meditation. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'll harmonize and stuff, but I, I, I really don't have a go-to song in particular, I don't think. But like when songs like these come up, oh yeah. Irresistible to... Oh yeah. To, okay. <laughs> um, all right. So here you are um, discovering this world of music. You're listening, you're sneaking, <laughs> you're... Um, I mean, every every new song, every different genre probably is unpacking new worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the first piece of music that you owned for yourself? Like, what was the first thing you had in this in this arena? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, man. See, I was I was thinking about this one. Um, I've got to say, uh, you know, there was a lot of Christian albums that I mm-hmm. that I would buy here and there. But the first like real piece of music that I bought was um, a U2 CD. Which one? Uh, I think it was Joshua Tree. I think it was like the gold, the reissued Gold Master. Mm-hmm. It was like a special one. You'd open the CD case. You would open it and it would kind of like lift up the CD and the CD was all gold. Because um, I heard so many of my – you know, of, of my, my at that point I was like in 16, 17 years old. Um, I know that's that's a huge jump, <laughs> but um, I heard so many people talk about you too in interviews, like oh, oh we were inspired, where you know we we love you too, and blah blah blah. And I would I would be like, I never listened to you too. I have to listen to this band, and that was like the first secular music, believe it or not, that mm-hmm. I bought. I bought lots of rock CDs, but they were all like Christian stuff, right? But this was the first CD that I that. When I bought it, man, it was, it was. I played that thing till it till it, till it wouldn't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, did it help that Joshua Tree has plenty of Christian references? You could make the language in those songs. Yeah, sort you know. of. So, uh, sort I mean, did of. your parents hear this that CD, or was that still? I don't know. I don't think they heard it. Um, I, I would show my parents some music here and there. But they, you know, they would just they would just wave me away. Sure, <laughs> you're a teenager. <laughs> you're a teenager doing a thing. Know. Okay. What do you know? <laughs> um, what's the last physical album you remember, like going out and buying? Like you got to go to the store, buy it. Come oh home. my gosh, that's a good question. Thanks. <laughs> Holy moly. Ha, <laughs> oh, man. When did when did iTunes like drop? 
<laughs> was that like 2001, 2002? No. No, that's 2007. Uh, the iPhone in 07. Oh, the, the iPhone's in 07. So I, I remember I got my iPod in 03, mm-hmm. I think. Man, what else? What came up? Well, I can't, I can't remember. Are you <laughs> implying that you haven't bought physical music ever since an iPod? Yeah, like, pretty much. After the iPod, that was it. Like, I never had, I never bought, I don't have any more CDs or anything. <laughs> What's the, um, what? I think, uh, actually here, yeah. the last one that I remember was when I was visiting my cousin in Argentina. Hmm. I bought, um, what was that rap album? The Three White Boys. Oh, uh, Beastie Boys. <laughs> the Beastie Boys. The one where they're in the, in the sardine can. Yeah. Okay. What, what was that called? Um, uh, we'll have to look it up. We're later. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it was that album. Mike, Mike's going to look it up and tell us. Yeah, it was, it was that album. It was okay. the last one that I actually Was it remember. new then when you were yeah. in Argentina? Yeah, it just, it just, I think it just came out. So the album was Hello Nasty. Hello Nasty. Right. Of so, course. Thank you, Mike. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Where they where intergalactic they, was like on on the radio every day. Oh right, it was. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you hop kind of right onto that digital music? Um, I don't want to say bandwagon, but like you know the the train was leaving the station. People were filling up these new, uh, you know, little pocket wallet sized devices mm-hmm. with you know a couple of gigs of music, and uh, you could suddenly buy songs a la carte. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right away. Like the minute. I got my iPod. I, you know, I went on and I registered it. I went on my laptop and downloaded iTunes. And I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool, <laughs> you know? Cool. And I took all the CDs that I had and transferred them onto my laptop. And those CDs are still in the garage like 20 <laughs> years later. <laughs> you, could go, you could go get the CDs if you had to. I could. I could. Right. I, I actually still have a pile of CDs. <laughs> um, but yeah. So speaking of, uh, a lot's been made of comparing various kinds of media, you know, the vinyl revival, mm-hmm. uh, people who only, only listen to like 320-bit audio or even like flack, like, like they don't do mm-hmm. compression. Um, what's your take on all of that as a sound engineer well i mean it is nice to sit down put on you know a really good record and listen to through some really nice headphones through a really nice preamp absolutely like and if if i didn't have three kids and chickens and dogs (laughs) and a wife and and a house and all kinds of other responsibility i would have all of that (laughs) and you'd probably be over my house like every day yeah that sounds great (laughs) but um uh, you know i mean uh for me it's it really isn't that big of an issue i really enjoy music Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, maybe it's compressed a little bit and there's some ones and zeros missing, that doesn't that doesn't stop me from listening. I, I really don't care. Do you have a preference that you look for or just like whichever one's the fastest to hear? I mean, I, 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 want, I want to listen to what's the latest thing. I love, I love to listen. You know, every Friday I'm like on – on my phone, listening to all the new all the new music that's dropping. Uh, listen to All Songs Considered, like a hey, like a crazy person. Public radio guy. Yes, yes. So um, uh, I'm always you know looking for something new. I, I I love it. So so yeah, it's most of what I listen to is compressed streaming. Sure, you know. But uh, every once in a while, like if there's a really good album. Um, I'll download it. I'll, I'll buy it on the store and get you know 
um, a much higher quality and listen to him on my on my really nice headphones. <laughs> what are your really nice headphones? Uh, right now, I really love the Barodynamic uh, TT770s. Okay. So people write that down. Yes. They have a nice velvet ear. <laughs> so nice. Um, okay. So you mentioned Fridays. You're listening for new music. Mm-hmm. Um, where where, and when do you do your listening in general? At work. At work. At work. So, so as a bench jeweler, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm seated in my, on, on my bench all day. Nobody's there talking to me, disturbing me. So I'll, I have my little Bluetooth speaker. I have Bluetooth headphones. Uh, so I will listen uh, throughout the day. Um, I'll watch movies. I'll listen to podcasts, and I'll listen to music. And so that's that's where I primarily uh, listen to my music on the weekends at home. You know, I'll I'll hook up my 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 entertainment system and blast some music with the kids. But then they take over, sure, and and start playing their stuff. <laughs> so it sounds like on a regular day, it's a pretty big part of your day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, all day, and I'll get on. You know, I'll get on like little, little. Uh, uh, just, just like today, I'm listening to '80s. I'm just listening mm. to '80s. Oh, and, I do that, and I'll do that for two or three days sometimes. You know, or oh my gosh, somebody talked about uh, this jazz record. I'll start listening to that jazz record and just start listening. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's listen to this one and that one. And <laughs> do you ever get stuck listening to uh, different covers of the same song? Like an hour worth of just yes. nine people playing the same. Yes, I have done that <laughs> on a number uh, of occasions. Do you, do you know? Can you think of one that you love to hear different versions of? The latest one was was uh, Weezer's cover of Toto. Okay, I holy cow. Uh, we're gonna stop and talk about this for a second. <laughs> Opinion incoming. I think that their cover is spectacular because they don't really mess with it. <laughs> And, exactly. And there's a lot. Exactly. There, a lot's been made of the fact that they didn't like do like a Weezer-y version of it. But um, man, sometimes it's just really fun to hear yeah. good musicians play a song the way that it sounds. Absolutely. <laughs> even even the keyboard part. Yeah. Like I, you know, I heard uh, when I heard that Toto. I mean that uh, Weezer did that. I was like, oh brother, you know, <laughs> here we go. But then I listened to it. I was like, it was so well done. Yeah. Like you could tell that those guys really respect Toto. Yeah. If you, you know, if you're really listening to this him. and you like Africa, which mm-hmm. okay, so if you have a heartbeat and you're listening to this, and you even have a glancing understanding of who Weezer is, just go Google Weezer yes. Africa and listen to it, and then don't read all of the people who criticize it because they're just they're they're yeah. haters, I guess. Um, they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to your second song. Yes. Uh, what did you bring for your second song? So for my second song, it's um, a song by Jeff Buckley, um, and how I how I got got into Jeff Buckley was when I went uh, to Nashville to intern at a recording studio, and the second engineer that I was interning for, he would put him on, and we had some really nice Adam um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, speakers. These things were like, I think, $3,000 each. Beautiful monitors. I mean, amazing. And we would, and we would play it through, the, through an SSL console. <laughs> you know? So you had like the yeah. purest tone. And, we, and uh, um, he was like, hey, listen, you ever heard of Jeff Buckley? I was like, no. So he put on Hallelujah. Um, yeah, right. Of course, that, that's a, the standard. Wow. And so I went, I remember uh, going to the store that day and, and buying the record. 
um, and listening to it and just falling in love with such an incredible emotional album. Like I, I, I was moved listening to uh, to him, you know. And this song in particular, "Lover," you should have been, uh, you should come over. You should have come over. Yeah. yeah, "Lover," you should have come over. I don't know. I would go back to that song over and over, and it's you could hear the longing in his voice, mm. like you really could. Um, and that 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 song changed how I perceived how you could really emotionally connect with an audience. I thought that was I, I've never felt a connection like that. Sure. Uh, was that was that after he had passed away? Yeah, that was that was already. Um, this was in. 2003. So I I, I forgot when he passed away. So really thinking about that, you know, here's a song recorded by someone not even alive anymore. Mm -hmm. And you feel this, this connection emotionally through the recording. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, I mean, you know, you, you hear songs all the time, right? And every once in a while you'll be like, oh, maybe I'm feeling depressed or whatever. So I'll be sad if I hear a sad song. But this wasn't the mood I was in. I I was just listening to a record and I remember listening to that song and just thinking like, what was, what's up with this guy? Mm -hmm. You know, what was he going through? The way he's, the way he sang that song, the way he performed that song, you know, the the use of gospel and, and, and the, I don't know. I just, there's words just cannot describe. I cannot describe well, this song enough. <laughs> well, lucky, luckily you don't have to. We're going to listen. Yes. So, all right. This is Lover You Should Have Come Over by Jeff Buckley. It's not too late. Uh, I can see how, you know, in Tennessee, in a, in a Nashville recording studio, mm-hmm. if you'd never heard that song before, that would. Yeah blow the back of your head <laughs> like so mm-hmm. um everyone knows you know Jeff Buckley's rendition of Hallelujah he yeah. mentioned it earlier um and um it's ba- that's that's become like the standard for the song now uh, aside from that song and this one uh as someone who's really into him what are go to songs that you would tell people if they've never heard Jeff Buckley, like if you wanted to hook them, if you were like, here's a song, aside from those two. Cause we yeah, um, Lilac Wine is really good. So is, uh, uh, I think it's called Mojo Pen, the first one. Um, I mean, <laughs> just just take the album and listen to it start to finish. <laughs> I mean, every song on there is really, really good. And uh, what's really beautiful is like he mixes so many different elements. There's a lot going on in that. Song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like this, you could really you feel gospel. Mm. There's a little bit of rock, a little bit of blues. I heard one of those. I think like a B three sounding, like a, yeah. one of those, those old organs mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah. It's so. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, okay. So there you are. How how old when you went off? To well, I was Nashville? about twenty, uh, like twenty two, twenty three. Uh, we just got married mm-hmm. um, uh, and fresh out of school and here I am in Nashville um, uh, interning at a at a major recording studio. Um, and I, I went there because I really wanted to pursue my dream uh, of becoming like a big time record producer, 
recording engineer extraordinaire, mm-hmm. you know, best best the world's ever seen. I'm sure, and I'm sure like a taste <laughs> a taste of that could definitely solidify that kind of you yeah. know, drive to like I want to make that. Oh yeah, um, and I heard so many different great albums. That's where that's where my musical education really took off because when I went when I went to school, you know, I I was among a lot of my peers, and so I learned about a, a bevy of artists. And um, that just accelerated when I was there because, you know, a lot of times in the studio, you don't really have much to do. So, you know, you'll just put something on in the studio. My routine was I'd come in, clean the whole thing, vacuum, <laughs> mop, the, <laughs> mop the live room, make sure everything, you know, all the snacks are put out and stuff. And then Cartage would come in with instruments and, and uh, people's gear and we would set up we would set up the live room and there would always be music playing so sometimes i i bring some of my some of my favorites but a lot of times uh engineers or the seconds would come in with their music and so i i learned i learned a lot it was a lot of country to be honest <laughs> <laughs> do you listen uh, to any country no i i found out i quickly found out that i am a very much like anti national country i just i, I the sound, the technicality of it's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny that, but the whole like industry, I got a real taste of it. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really enjoy is kind of like that outlaw country, like uh, anything a little bit older, you know, like a little bit more raw, a little bit more real, has really, really kind of like that. That's the only country I'll listen to. Are we talking like Johnny Cash? Yeah, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson yeah. um, uh, I forgot the the lady's name. Dolly Parton. No, <laughs> though. Though I the, Dolly. I mean, Dolly's awesome. <laughs> uh, no, the the one that did the project with Jack Black, not Jack Black, the other guy, oh, Jack man. White. With, yeah, oh. with Jack White. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, with Jack White. I, I forgot her name. Mm. You know, Mike. Mike. <laughs> we need your help. I should, I should have written down. Oh, that's okay. Guys. This isn't live. So can, <laughs> Mike can look it up. <laughs> it's like with an L or something. Okay. Uh, Mike tells me that you were looking for Loretta Lynn. Loretta Lynn. Yes, Loretta Lynn. Yeah. Um, almost any of her albums, and especially um, the one that Jack White helped produce. Uh, just so that's that's country right there. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. That will get me going. <laughs> um, uh, I gotta say that um, you know we do a, we do a long version and a short version of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening to the short one right now, and so you heard a truncated version of that Jeff Buckley song, do yourself a favor at the end of this show and go look for "Lover." You should have come over. The middle of that song has some real stuff happening mm-hmm. that that you you don't want to miss if you've never heard it. What bands or songs are you trying to hook people on nowadays? Like what do you proselytize the most? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm you know, I'm really into anything new. Mm-hmm. Um but uh lately I've really been enamored with uh with this new band um called uh The Night Game. Have you heard it? Night, I have not. Night game. Compare them to somebody. They're, I don't know who I could compare them to. I mean, it's a very like 80s sounding band. but That's come popular again. But it's like, but it's every 80s band mm-hmm. doing every 80s 
big moments in one song. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like like from the reverb, from the stops, from the bridges. Key change? The key changes. The, the you know, the kind of like that new wave sound. Yeah. They know what people want. It's it's good. Right. It's Say, what's really, the name again? One more time. The Night Game. The Night Game. Yes, okay. it's it's really good. Their 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 album is about to be released. They have a bunch of singles out. Okay. Um, Any chance know. to see them live? Oh man, I totally missed out. I've missed out on a lot of shows because of you know family stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I they were um, I think they opened for somebody in Tampa. I forgot who they opened. Mm-hmm. For. Um, no, no, that was no, that wasn't it. No, I, they, I know they opened for for a band not, not not too long ago. If they came through Florida again, would you try to make it a oh, point to go see? Absolutely, okay. I've kicked myself for not okay. going. <laughs> what What's the last live show that you did manage to go to? I went to see uh, Sufjan Stevens' uh, last uh, last tour, um, and was just wow, blown away. That was that was a good show. <laughs> being being um, a sound guy, mm-hmm. right? I, I can commiserate here. Uh, for me, it can be really hard to not analyze the sound at a live show. Yes, um, you know, you just you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd want to think about how you could fix it. <laughs> um, I can't be alone, right? And I, no, no, it's it's totally true, especially especially when you go and something starts to go wrong. Like, like that's that what that's what triggers me. Oh, I, ouch. Yeah. I I kind of go in kind of like, hey, enjoy this. This is not you're not at work. Mm-hmm. You're not mixing this. So just enjoy. And I and I understand like y- you have to adjust. You can't just criticize. Oh, this sounds like garbage. Well, of course it sounds like garbage. You you don't <laughs> listen to music in Jermaine Arena every day, right? So you have to sit there for two or three songs and kind of you know your ears will get adjusted and you'll and you'll get into it. Um, but if Things continue to go wrong, then it's then I just you know the, the concert sucks. <laughs> the professionalism, right? Yeah, it just um, it's it's bad. So so is it is it easy for you that first part of it? Like if nothing goes wrong, is it easy for you to kind of just put aside oh, yeah. that guy? Okay. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very much into being entertained, mm. and once. It goes great. Like I'm, sure. I'm in. I'm invested. I'm your fan now. I'm your super fan. I'm there screaming. <laughs> and I, I suppose to be fair, if if you wanted it to just sound normal the way it sounds all the time, you would just stay home and listen. Exactly. So it's about it's about the stage. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh yeah. Um, you ever been to a concert and been just completely blown away by the sound team? Like you just it kind of in in our yeah. Um, that Sufjan show was incredible, oh, yeah. it, especially because how soft he sings. And I did not know this. Like he would sing like – it looked like 10 feet away from the microphone and he's whispering. Oh. And they still got that boxy sound. That was very impressive. Um, his mic of choice was a 57, an SM57. Of course it was. Of course. <laughs> That's it. And that is would... a – for the listeners who are not on um, audio gear, that is a cheap – standard bog standard instrument mic that you can buy at the local like guitar center or yeah, whatever it's like, 80 bucks it's everywhere yeah <laughs> every president ever speaks into yes. an sm50 yeah and there he was like with his guitar like i'd say a good three feet away and it was like cd quality mm. and you know that boxed in effect yeah, yeah. that would of course like for me i'm like how is 
how is there not any feedback? I was <laughs> I was very impressed. Another great show that was, sounded amazing. I went to see Aerosmith in Nashville. Hey, at a at an amphitheater, and we were all the way on the grounds. So you know you have that big amphitheater sound mm-hmm. echoey, but it sounded great. And then towards the middle of the show, they come all the way to the center. Like and, a catwalk? Yeah, no, 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 not a catwalk. Like all the way back. Oh. And they had a small stage and they played all of their greatest hits like where, where you know, the grassy wow. area was. So we all rushed the stage yeah. and it was just small little speakers. It sounded like a club. Hmm. And, and I heard, you a know. club you, with Aerosmith on the. Yeah, it was Aerosmith on this tiny stage. The stage was not bigger than this room. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and cool. it was, it was. It sounded so good. I I, I really remember that show. And you were entertained. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thoroughly. (laughs) Uh, Okay. um, What is is the third song? uh, So the third song is kind of like my technical song. Mm. So um, I got into Radiohead pretty early. um, uh, But then when they released Kid A and I played the first track, I'm – I was floored, um, mostly because, you know, you you listen to bands and they kind of have the same sound. I was actually talking to somebody about this, you know, that band, like Weezer. If mm-hmm. you listen to Weezer, you will know, like, whether it's their first album or their Toto cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have the Weezer sound. Yeah. With Radiohead, not quite. You know, it always sounds different. They're a rock band, but they don't necessarily play rock music. Fair. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very eclectic uh, uh, sound. And when I first heard this song, like, it made me realize, like, how, how you can really – you can be an artist, but you can take all of the wizardry and use it not just to, you know, to correct something or to add an effect, but you can actually use – all of this technical stuff in the studio to create art, to create a sound. Right. I, w- I want to hear more about that yes. process uh, when we hear the song. I want to have it bouncing around my head um, for yes. that. So, uh, Radiohead, everything in its right place. Let's hear it. So it's like it's like that song brushes up right against the the line of EDM, or not maybe not EDM, but like of. of electric music electronica because mm-hmm. they're they're taking real elements it's not generated by a computer but mm-hmm. but the mixing and the cutting on that is they're making a different sound out yeah. of what they had out of the box oh yeah, yeah. i mean imagine these are the guys <laughs> these are the guys that you know a bunch of their songs are on like guitar hero yeah and then this comes out <laughs> so what uh, where where were you when you heard that um i was uh uh, I think I was also in Nashville mm-hmm. towards the end of our, our of our stay there, um, and I remember listening to it. And then um, we uh, there's also another song called National Anthem on there too. Mm-hmm. Incredible! It was kind of between the, those two because that, that whole album was just so cool, you know. Um, and I remember I remember listening to it on my headphones. I remember listening to it at the studio. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, uh, me and the second engineer trying to reproduce that flange effect, right? To no avail. <laughs> That's the stuff I'm, t- I'm thinking yeah. about here. Like you know, they're 
it's one thing to like compare compare it to the Buckley song. It's one thing to have you know perfectly orchestrated many many elements that are all layered beautifully like a sandwich, mm-hmm. and then there's like. There's this, yeah. which is like taking all the elements of a sandwich and making a delicious smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> like they, you know, it's something that shouldn't be. That's, but it, a, that's a weird way to but say it's like, it. But, but yeah. it's like still tasty somehow. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, and, and it's like, um, you know, I really appreciate artists who do that too. You know, artists who will take whatever they're given um, and, and they just produce, you know, whatever – Whatever it is they want to make, I, I think a lot of the newer artists that I really like are, are like that. You know, mm-hmm. they um, they kind of it used to be known as like a like you're okay, you're, you're recording in your bedroom. Uh, people have kind of upgraded to creating spaces in their houses to be more like a studio, but still, you're using you're using elements around your house. You're, you're using boxes. You're using a uh, weird tub uh, uh, reverb, a reverb um, and, and you're processing it with all kinds of stuff that you download off the internet. Um, I, I mean, I I can really appreciate that um, a lot because it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Well, you know? and a little music history. I mean, the first reverb tools were like bouncing sound off mm-hmm. the plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, it was literally just or like a room made out of rocks. Yeah, <laughs> those are I love, 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 love internet videos where people sing like old hymns or like songs like what you sang earlier, but they'll do it inside of um, like an old subway or they'll do it inside of like a, a steel container, oh, like, a, yeah. like an oil container or whatever. Can um, I can I share something real quick yeah, with you? Yeah, um, that we were in Poland. In uh, sometime in the late nineties, mm-hmm. and we we were spending about three or four days there before we were going to cross the border to Ukraine, and so we just went sightseeing, and we went to this Catholic church, and they had one of those crazy towers that you have to like you know climb a spiral staircase that's like two hundred steps, mm-hmm. so we did that you know, and um, we were walking back down, and while we were walking down. We heard this choir singing in the main oh. chapel. It, well, it's not a chapel. It's like a – it was huge. It was a huge church. The echo coming into the stairway was so incredible. And as we would descend, like it would get louder and yeah. more full. And I remember exiting that staircase into the main church and you just – and I was surprised. There were only 10 people singing. <laughs> but it sounded like a hundred right. people with that reverb. It was unbelievable. We 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 they were practicing. We we sat there for like thirty minutes, and they kept on singing. Yeah. We heard uh, our interpreter told us that um, the guy was saying, "Okay, well, we got to wrap up." And the the choir, the choir was like, "No, we want to sing one more song." <laughs> you guys, because <laughs> it sounded no so beautiful. Yeah. Oh. There's something great about that. Holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a song that um, almost made the cut? That almost made the cut? Like yes. what was your fourth? You know. My fourth song that I had to, that I had to kill, <laughs> there was a band um, that I – I mean I, I, still, I still love. And every time I hear them, it's just – it's so nice. Um, maybe you know Sixpence and on the Richer. I do know Sixpence yes. on the Richer. I mean they, you know, they went really big with the whole Kiss, Kiss Me. Me. Yeah, yeah. But um, I 
started listening to them when they just released uh, this album called This Beautiful Mess. I have that album. You do? Yeah. So my favorite song is Love, Fear, and the Sun. <gasps> well, wait, no, Love, Salvation, and the I Fear of Death. I mean. yeah, yeah. I would listen to that song so many times. I was in love with Lee Nash. Lee Nash, if you're listening. You broke my heart when you got married that PFR guy. <laughs> <laughs> she, had, she had a really, really pretty voice. She did. Yeah. I loved that band. I saw them live a few times when I was when I was young, and they would they would always be. Yeah, they were way better than. And they dominated the the nineties with nineties uh, yes. uh, sitcoms and nineties yes. movies. They oh were my gosh. In everything. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, is there a song that you avoid? If you hear it, you reach over for that dial and just kind of nope. <laughs> I don't know. No, not not really. You, I mean, you know, maybe like a silly song like Who Let the Dogs Out or something. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like one of those viral songs or whatever. But no, nah, no, nah, not really. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a nice guy. I'll listen. Is there, uh, <laughs> is there a song that you love that does like literally nothing for your wife, Ina? Like is there something like you like you look at her and you're like yeah and then she's no doesn't a lot of songs. <laughs> well, I name one. Are, are, okay, uh, well, um, probably like this Radiohead song. Like I'll play it and mm-hmm. she'll be like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> she's very much you know bubblegum pop. Sure. Um, and and I'm and I'm like I'm like the darker. I'm like the I'm like the dark shadow. It's a Radiohead song. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's a band or artist you most recently discovered? I guess it would be. The oh, no, no, no. The the most recent one that I had discovered was yeah. just last week. <laughs> um, uh, 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 oh yeah, uh, Serpent with Feet. Okay, as uh, an R and B artist, uh, he was featured, I think, on one of the NPR shows. Okay. Um, I just I just heard the tail end of it, and I went and loaded it up on on Apple Music, and my goodness. Incredible. He's categorized as R and B, but it is not R and B. Is it it's just something else, or is it, it is, like something? It is like music for twenty years from now. It is Ooh. so out of its time. It's 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 a trip. Okay, say it's a hard one. it's a hard listen. Say the name one more time. Serpent with feet. Serpent with feet. Yeah. All right. Um, it's a it's a long way from listening to Southern gospel to listening to Serpent with feet. You've had a long way to go. So. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Uh, if you could mix a live concert mm-hmm. for any band, group, artist, living or dead, oh man, who would you put on that stage? Oh man, that's a good one. Uh, this is not a joke. I would love to mix Kirk Franklin. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, there's something about gospel music that. That I mean, it's yeah. I, I was born in it, mm-hmm. not not the southern gospel, but just straight gospel. That just anytime I hear a good choir song or something with a lot of gospel elements, I'm just I'm oh yeah, and everything's turned way up. You like turn it up. You get that bass shaking your molars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, spoken like a true sound guy. Oh my goodness, that is that 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 would be a dream. That would be, and especially Kirk Franklin. I mean, some of his songs are. Which song would you need him to? You'd be like, you got to make sure you do this one while you're up there. Oh, there's a there's a new one. Definitely has to be "My World Needs You." It's an epic song. Mm-hmm. It starts off very slow, 
and it just doesn't stop. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It just builds and builds until finally, I think, the last 30 seconds, you actually get a moment of release where you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> My world really needs you okay. right now. All right. It's, it's, oh, it's just it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Cool. Uh, any final thoughts? No, I mean, you know, love music, you know. I I really I really dislike uh when people start trashing music and like, oh, this guy sucks, that band sucks, mm. this isn't real music, listen to this, you know. I, I get that you're, you know, you're a fanboy or a fangirl or whatever, but you know, music is just a repeat of itself over and over and over again. Um, so many of these new artists, they're paying homage to stuff that they listened to a, a, as they were kids and, and as they were teens. It's just how they're interpreting it in, in, in the present culture, you know. Uh, so I, I would just say, come on, you know, like appreciate the music for what it is. You can play favorites, but don't hate, please. <laughs> you can play favorites, but don't hate. I don't love hate. that. I love that. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you. I had I had a blast. This is really good. So did I. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. The show is produced, directed, and co-created by Mike Canary. Tara Callaghan is our social media content producer. Chris Duffus is our executive producer, and our theme music was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. If you've got a parting tune-in story that you'd like to hear on the show, send us an email with the song and the story. We're at mysongstory at wgcu.org. This week, my parting tune comes from a song that I first heard as a freshman in college. I had been playing piano and guitar for years at that point, but the songs that I liked to play and the songs my parents listened to didn't often overlap much. As I was going off to school, my dad pulled out a newly purchased CD, Shrink Wrap and All, and he gave it to me with the explanation that he thought that I would really enjoy the guitar work on it. That album was Eric Clapton's Unplugged album, and it was the first time I think my dad and I rode the same musical wavelength. He was right, of course. I loved the whole thing. And after hearing this song just once, I spent months in my dorm room learning to play it myself. This is Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton off of his Unplugged album. I'm Richard Chinqui. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories! So I was in the middle of a suburb where my biggest problem was really boredom. Uh, and uh, what was the question again? Why'd you run away from home? Oh, because of <laughs> boredom. <laughs>